All right, everybody, you have just tuned in to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And it might be the offseason, but we are still rolling on here. And the Steelers are now currently in the midst of uh, phase three of uh, organized team activities or OTAs. And uh, every day there's little nuggets coming out about what's going on, different interviews with different players. And, um, you know, a lot of these are uh, pretty typical type things. But, you know, then every once in a while you get some interesting nuggets. And and that's kind of what happened so far this week. Uh, the guys have just been in Tuesday, Wednesday, and, and today. And um, so there have been a few interesting things to discuss. So we will definitely get to that. And uh, joining me tonight are uh, C. Nick uh, coming to us live and uncensored from Las Vegas. Uh, Chris, how are things going for you? Oh, pretty good. Today is about 95. So Whoa. It's kind of sort of the uh, hot streak here. Yeah, it's supposed to be over 90 for the rest of the uh, year now, I think. That's great. Uh, yeah, I heard that it gets a little warm out there. So uh, Just you know. a tad bit. Yeah, it's a good thing you got all those casino pools and stuff, right? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh, uh, just arriving home and shoving food in his face is Mr. Ben Anderson. Uh, ben, I'm guessing not quite 90 out there in your neck of the woods. Well, no, it's 80. Nice and sunny. Beautiful day. Oh, well, not bad at all. Not bad at all. Yeah. It's only 90, Chris? Uh, today was uh, 95, between 90 and 95, up and down. Oh. That's not bad. Not for the desert. Oh, yeah. Like they say, it's a dry heat. You know, you don't even feel it. Uh, Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm just talking out my rear end. Uh, Anyway, gentlemen, uh, a few different things to discuss today. And um, I'm I'm kind of excited to discuss these things because a couple of them aren't usually things we we spend a ton of time on. And um, one of those will be uh, a guy that's (laughs) been playing both fullback and linebacker in in, – practice so far and uh but we'll start with uh the kicker uh chris boswell who uh made his first comments tuesday since uh last season uh you know he he of course had a a really difficult year uh with consistency and accuracy and uh then um you know towards the end revealed he had an injury and and uh was put on ir at the end there um uh for week 17 and uh, now we have a situation that, that Jerry Dulac of uh, Post-Gazette revealed that the Steelers, uh, you know, basically said to him uh, this spring, you know, look, we want to hold your roster bonus, which is $2 bucks, and we want to hold it until after the Carolina preseason game, which is their finale uh, this summer, and we'll make a decision at that time. And now he did not have to accept that. He, he could have said, screw you, I want my money. And they told him, well, you'll be cut. And so he has decided to, you know, to come into, into OTAs and then into training camp and, you know, earn his stripes, so to speak. Um, ben, I'll, I'll start with you because I, I want to get to the kind of the financial side of this. Uh, is this uncommon for a team to, to do this with a guy? Because I haven't heard of it too often. Uh, it's uncommon for the Steelers to do it. Um, and and it's because they know that they are, they're watched. I mean, by more, they're watched more closely by agents and players than most teams are because they don't offer huge guarantees. So Mm -hmm. what they do is they say, Hey, we're going to give your player this much money in the second year. And you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty much a guarantee he's going to get it. So, I mean, you could, you could basically count on it. 
they don't really guarantee it. So if they renege on that kind of a of a roster bonus, it reflects negatively on them. And they're aware of that. Uh, by mm-hmm. the same mm-hmm. token, in this instance, I think what they basically said was, "Look, Chris, when we signed you this contract, you were one of the best con- you were one of the best kickers in the league. Last yep. year, you were one of the worst, if not the worst. You cost us a few wins. Yep. Um, you know, it. We ended up out of the playoffs because of it." that and some other things that happened. It wasn't all your fault, obviously. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We'd like to bring you back. We think you can capture that form you had before, but we're going to play a little bit cautiously. Rather than replacing you now, what we'd like to do is is push out your roster bonus until just prior to the first game of the season. How do you feel about that? And then basically, you know, it was a take it or leave it kind of a deal. It's either mm-hmm. do this or we're going to cut you. And I think he looked at it from the standpoint that he was going to have to try out for another team. If he was yeah. cut, it wasn't going to be a deal where he could just catch on with someone else and make $4 million this year. And so he decided to stay on and uh, agree to this alteration of his contract. I, yeah, I, I, you know, it was, I think you put it right. It's something that we don't see the Steelers do too often. And, and you are, you're right. They're watched very closely by players and agents because they're, they're, they're pretty typical in the way they do things. But, um, you know, Chris, what, what do you have to see from Boswell? And I, I, the obvious when I ask that is, well, he's got to make field goals, but I, I mean, what is the line for you uh, if you're, you know, Mike Tomlin, if you're, you know, looking at this guy, I, I mean, what's the line for you to say, okay, I think he's fine, he, he's good again, or he's just lost it and I can't rely on him? I mean, where, where is that line? What do you look for? Um, it's what happens after a miss. You know, does he mm-hmm. go on a, a downward slope or does he bounce back? I mean, I think we can all agree it's in his head right now, and we have to know if his head is right. Put him at the 50-yard line, 55-yard uh, line, um, try and make him – almost try and force him to miss, and then yeah. um, have him kick again. Is he going to be you know, mopey? Is he going to be this? Is he going to be that? Or is he going to come back and say, no, 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 put it back on the tee or put, you know, snap yeah. the ball again and let me let me kick this again? You know, that, That's what you want to see from a kicker. Um, Especially with Chris Boswell's situation being being in his head, um, consistency and you know coming coming back from a um, a missed field goal, even a missed extra point. I mean, the guy missed yeah. extra points last year um, that is just uncalled for. Honestly, uh, in, in the NFL, uh, it can't happen. So um, I think that the uh, guy being brought in, Matthew mm-hmm. Wright, is a um, a worthy competitor and someone who's going to be pushing Boswell. Um, I'm glad that they did this roster re- reconstruction, and is uh, I'm really happy to see both kickers uh, come preseason. Do, do you think, uh, Chris? Do you think he was hurt uh, during the middle of the year when he was struggling, or, or do you just think it was just simply a, a case that that he was it was in his head? Uh, I think a little bit of a little bit of both. But his brother came out and said that he had a I think a, a grade two something or another um, yeah. injury. And then the other day Boswell said that it wasn't his injury that, you know, he's not blaming his injury basically, right. um, which is good to hear. But at the same time, if he was injured, um, you know, something's got to be said for it. So um, I, I can't attest for it. I'm not him. Um, I'm yeah. also not in his head, but um, that's something that he has to be honest with the trainers and, and, and such about if he is injured or hurt or, or hurt. 
And, and, you know, Ben, there's a lot more to this than just making field goals and extra points. I, I mean, you, you got to be able to to be consistent. But, you know, five of uh, he was five of 10 from 40 to 49 yards last year. And, and that's an area that you really need kickers to, to hit. But also, you know, can he still bang the, the ball through the end zone on kickoffs? Can he directionally put it where he needs to when he's asked to? You know, there's a lot more than just kicking the kicking uh, field goals, isn't there here? Yeah, I, I don't want to make too much of that. I don't think he was that bad on kickoffs last year. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the issue was just the mixed extra points. He yeah. missed extra points, man. He and And the missed field goals, you know, in games like Oakland, uh Kansas City uh you know games where it would have changed the complexion of the game and the offense and defense could have attacked the opposition differently as a result of those kicks had they been made and kicks that he would have made the year before and that's that's really what it comes down to is what it did to the I don't want to say the game plan because that's that's made well in advance but what it did to the manner in which the team had to go after the opposition after that, those missed kicks that really impacted things. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I, I was writing about this the other day and, and I, I kind of boiled this down to, you know, Matthew Wright had, can't, he, he, he's got to beat Chris Boswell. I mean, he can't just be even with him. He can't be step for step. He's got to prove that he can be consistent from long range. He's got to prove that he consistently uh, knocks down the PATs and he's got to have Boswell struggle for the Steelers to even remotely think about this. But I, I think the, the thing to me that is 100% clear is the Steelers recognize just how serious some of those misses were last year. And as you pointed out, it really did cost them a couple games in, in the postseason. Um, they're not going to go into 2019 with the same problem. At least they don't want to. And, and I guess they should be credited for at least being somewhat aggressive with the approach right now. Um, Chris, did you have anything else on Boswell or, or can I move on? Actually, one more thing. Um, yeah. When, you, when you're down two or down one and you're driving on a, on a team uh, with a minute left, you have to be able to personally say, you know, for Roethlisberger, you have to put, basically say, get us to the, uh, the, you know, the 30 yard line, get us to this right. line. Can we depend on this guy to put it through the upright? Yes or no. And if it's no, it's, Roethlisberger, you you got to get in the end zone. There's no yeah. other way. It's the end zone or nothing yeah. at this point. And that's a situation you don't want to be in as a football team. You want to yeah. be able to be get in a situation where you're saying, hey, 30-yard line, and this game is ours. You know, we got this. Bossy's done this so many times, like in 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, clutch. I mean, you got to have that clutch gene. And um, that's a huge thing for me because uh, you don't want to put all that pressure on the offense, all that pressure on Roethlisberger to get the ball down the field. Um especially in a two-minute drill or, or, or something like that. That's a ton of pressure. Uh, you might not have all the timeouts, this, is that. Um, you don't have AB anymore because he was great getting out of bounds, um, stopping the clock. So um, that, that's just another issue that is, is um, with Boswell. You know, can he clutch the uh, you know, being a, going to the three-yard line? If not, more pressure to get in the end zone. Yeah. Uh, it, what, it, go one ahead, more man. point I just want to make, you because you were talking about um, – and I, and I agree with what Chris just said completely. Mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. I don't want to steer away from that. But you talked about Matthew Wright and how he's going to have to beat Boswell out in order to win this, like clearly beat him out. Yeah. Wright, and we we may have talked about this before, but Wright didn't play for a team that was kicking a lot of long field goals. Right. But also wasn't 
given the opportunity by his coach to kick anything longer than 50 yards last year. I don't think the guy had a lot of faith in him. And the year before that, he was 0 for 1 from 50 plus. And in the last two seasons, he only kicked 10 times from 40 to 49, and he, he was a 70% kicker. So I don't know, man. I, I'm i not putting any bets on this guy to beat Boswell anyway. Right. Um, but, you know, he could surprise. We'll see what happens. I just – I'm not that excited about it. Let's put it that way. Uh, no, I, uh, I want to have a reliable kicker this year, please. No, absolutely. I'm not excited about this either. I, I would much be much more comfortable with just some kicker coming in just to to, to keep the, uh, the the regular guy's leg fresh. Uh, the, the competition is exciting, but it's not really where I want to be right now. But we'll we'll keep an eye on this, and obviously, it'll be a major story uh, come uh, training camp time. Um, I, I did want to move on to uh, Mason Rudolph, the the Steelers. Uh, well, one of their backup quarterbacks and. Um, just a quick note on that, you know, he, he referred to, uh, Ben as Mr. Roethlisberger this week. And it's another one of those things where if you didn't see the interview or if you didn't read the entire, uh, article based on his statements, you probably would have taken it as, oh, geez, Ben forces this guy to call him Mr. Roethlisberger. It was a very funny little candid moment that he he had in the press conference it was a total joke it was great I thought he did it very well but again, I thought he was just, calling him old I I really thought well, he was oh, calling him old I oh no I, I, I think he I think he was Ben but I, I think thought it was, was very tongue-in-cheek tongue cheek. Cheek. I didn't yeah. yeah I thought it was a big tongue-in-cheek and I didn't I didn't think anything of it at all I thought it was kind of funny and I don't know why I do know why it's yeah. the Pittsburgh sports media and they need exactly. something to write about but I don't know why so much is being made out of it, and I really don't know why the fans are reading into it. Who cares? Well, because they don't read and they don't take the time to listen to 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 the actual comments they just see on Twitter that Mr. Roethlisberger is trending, and they find out, oh, my God, Mason Rudolph called him that. Well, there's got to be some story behind it. it. No, take two seconds and read <laughs> the article, people. I, I mean, or, or watch the video clip. You know, God, it just drives me crazy how, how we, we do that. And I, uh, anyway, Rudolph, you know, he's had a year now, uh, Chris, to get his nose in the playbook. Um, he was the clear number three behind Josh Dobbs, and the Steelers definitely liked Dobbs um, as their number two, you know, jettisoning uh, uh, Landry Jones and and uh, made him the number two guy. So uh, what are your expectations of, of Rudolph this year? Should he be the number two guy uh, based on his, his draft position and everything else? Absolutely. I think if he's not, the, the, the that draft pick has got to be um... – up there with the Josh Tubbs draft pick of being a, a what the heck. Yeah. Um, honestly, um, I'm kind of, ha- I'm kind of excited for this, uh, for this to happen. I, I think the Rudolph is going to take it by the horns and, and really um, drive it home. I think um, from what I've seen, what I've read, um, what I've been told is that he has been in the playbook. He has been um, mm-hmm. asking questions. He's been really um, working on his craft. So that's what you want to see from a guy. Um, in his second year, a guy who's drafted, knowing he's going to be a backup, um, preparing like, like he's going to be a starter. Yeah. And, um, you know, if something were to happen, knock on wood to um, Big Ben, um, you know, maybe my outlook would be different on the season, but it wouldn't be by a ton um, if, 
if that's a, a bold statement. Um, right. Yeah. I feel like we, we uh... I feel, <laughs> I feel like, we, I, I'm just going to say, I feel like we can still, we would still at least win seven games with Rudolph behind, behind, uh, wow. behind center. I, okay. I think seven, I think seven's the, uh, the ceiling there with Rudolph behind center. But um, I, I think that he's got to be number, number two. I think that he's got to um, take advantage of Roethlisberger's mm-hmm. days off and run with the ones and do everything he can. Um, it was a chemistry and, and, and everything with that. Yeah, uh, great point about taking advantage of Ben's days off. And we've talked about that a lot on, on this podcast about how we're not always crazy about Ben taking those Wednesdays off. Um, you know, history has kind of shown when he, when he practices on Wednesdays, he tends to be a little sharper come Sunday, but uh, yeah, it does. It gives him an opportunity to, to work with those ones. Uh, ben, where, where, where do you see Rudolph uh you know, I, I guess as far out as at least 2019, do you expect him to be the number two guy? Uh, I would hope so. But, you know, if he's not, I'm not going to worry about it too much. Um, yeah. Based upon what I've seen, he needed to work on his arm strength, not just mm-hmm. get into the playbook. So hopefully yeah. he's done that. Um, he's not a guy, at least last year, he wasn't a guy that I was hoping would be out there throwing deep outs to A.B. 30 yards right. down the field, you know, where when Ben does it, I'm like, OK, well, he might overthrow him, but it'll probably be there. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it's it's things like that that where you go, well, he can get it there, but he sure puts a lot of air under the ball in the process of doing so. And that's mm-hmm. why he slid all the way to the third round. Um, but, yeah, I I mean, it. Kind of sucks that Josh Dobbs, who I think is a serviceable number two, is probably going to slide to three. But, you know, I disagree with Chris. If Ben got hurt, I would would be like, okay, well, you know, let's see what they can do. And, I mean, I guess it's good from the standpoint that the number two will get snaps – and we'll right. see what you know what he can do. But my my hopes for the season, my expectations would go right down the tube. That you know, if he was gone for any significant amount of time, that would be that. Um, uh, you know, yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we'll see what happens with him. I really hope he gets the number two this year. I, I mean, he was a, he was a high round draft choice. Um, he's an accurate player. He's smart. Uh, again, all those things. You know, he's an accurate passer. He's mm-hmm, smart. Mm-hmm. All those things were true when he came in. Right. The only question mark really with him with him was his arm strength. And and hopefully, you know, his body's matured. You know, as Jim Everett pointed out to us when he came onto the podcast, yeah. his body's going to mature as he gets older and he's going to get stronger. And hopefully that's that's translated into better arm strength with the ball. Uh, it's not like his mechanics are bad or any of those things. And, and those are significant problems for other quarterbacks. So. Yeah, that's a really good point. I, you know, when I draft profiled him um, for for the 2018 draft, that was my biggest concern with him. And you pointed out the exact type of throw. It was it was those deep outs that concerned me. He he didn't have to throw a ton of them at Oklahoma State, but when he did, it it did not leave me with a whole lot of confidence. Um, it was a a very high lofted almost throw that in the NFL, those get returned for pick sixes. So yep. um, I, I really hope that, that that is something that he's greatly improved on. And, um, you know, I, I do. I, I would like to see him as the number two. I, I'm not going to say it'll be a total failure if he's not, but I will not be very 
pleased if if he's not. Let's just put it that way, and we'll we'll see where it goes from there. Um, again, you're listening to the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. Right now, you can get the um, Forever t-shirt from 26shirts.com. It is uh, a very simple, straightforward black shirt with uh, gold font on it, if you will, just Pittsburgh, and it looks like it has uh, a penguin in the corner, so thus the penguins theme there, and um, you can get that right now, and eight bucks from uh, every one of those shirts sold goes to a very worthy charity, and I'll, I'll mention the charity uh, coming up here at the uh, end of the show. Um, guys, uh, some Bud Dupree talk has uh, uh, come out of, of camp, and um, you know, Bud is, I believe I saw a number today that he is going to be the third highest paid guy this year, third or fourth. And uh, Chris, what do you need to see from Bud Dupree to be able to say, now there's a guy that earned his money. What what does Bud Dupree? I know, I know that was going to elicit some giggles. That's a loaded question for Chris, man. It's a very loaded question. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> Especially after Chris was was sending us messages earlier today comparing Jason Worlds and Bud Dupree, but we won't get into that right now. Uh, wh- what do you need to see from this guy? Is it all about a sack total? Is it a QB pressures? Is it a turnover? What do you need to see to be able to say, wow, he earned his money. Let's talk about resigning this guy. Oh, um, <laughs> oh, um, shoot. Eight and a half, maybe nine sacks. Um, pressure's got to be up. Um, between yeah, two and four, four pressures. They can't be the pressures like last year where he yeah. pushes the guy out of the pocket, the defense loses no. contain, and it results in a long gain. That's not a pressure. That's, uh, that's a PFF pressure. Yeah, exactly, which is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> a meaningful Excellent. pressure as in right. – Ends up being a uh, bad throw slash yeah. turnover. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, for, forced fumble got to have between two and four. If he's getting to the quarter, if he's getting to the quarterback, but not getting to the quarterback, he should be um, at least getting to the arm of the quarterback and not even having to sack him. Um, maybe the, you know, I'd like to see sixty tackles from him combined, but he hasn't done that. Mm-hmm. Um, got to be better in the run game. Um, you know, people have been saying, "Oh, he drops into coverage so much." He actually dropped in coverage. I think it was like fourteen percent of the time. I yeah. think people need to re- realize that. Uh, much less than TJ, who's racking up double-digit sacks. Um, mm-hmm. I-, I think you know, with Dupree, it- it's tough because it's if he overperforms, this he's going to be out of the Steelers' range for money. If he underperforms, he's going to be gone. So I don't see how he stays and does not test open market but to answer your question i think eight and a half sacks is a, is a floor for me um especially because you know i was doing the research with jason worlds um man he was uh eight, he was nine eight nine eight and a half sacks at the end of his uh his career there and 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 look how much we complained about him too and and now we're dealing with with and, Dupree. Uh, well ben, worlds, go also, ahead. worlds also did it two years in a row and yeah. mm-hmm. you know especially his his uh I believe it was his third year, not the year they franchised him, but the year before. Uh-huh. He only played – he only started 11 games, and he, uh, you know, he actually had respectable stats for only starting 11 games. I had 
high hopes for him coming back into that last year when they franchised him. And after that, when they let him leave, I was like, okay, well, you know, I agree with what Mark just said. Look at how much we, we complained about the guy. But he was a lot better than Bud. And, you know, (laughs) <laughs> Look at the QB hits total on, on the two, if you can yeah. uh, go back into the conversation. 23 and 22 attend his career, and then Bud, 7 and 13. you got to be joking. Don't tell me he gets to the quarterback. Don't do it. Don't do it. Yeah, it's a, I mean, it, it really is incredible. You know, and, and Bud Bud was complaining today. Well, there were quotes about Bud on Twitter, and I, I quote tweeted them, and I got some responses. One from Jim Ricalto. Hi, Jim. And, you know, Jim <laughs> – Jim is the uh, the founder of the Bud Dupree Appreciation Society. He and our friend Craig, they're co-founders. And yes, uh, yes. hi, Craig. And you know they're they're big believers in Bud. And you know that they're, they're thinking this is going to be Bud's year. And and I basically responded to Jim the way I just responded to you a minute ago. If a pressure results in the defense losing contain of the quarterback. And he either rolls out and slings it down the field for a long game or runs for a long game. What is the benefit of that pressure? There is right. none. So you don't get to count it. That's stupid. And that happened to Bud several times. Bud's complaint today was that he was held several times. And on some other plays, he actually had a hand on the quarterback and the quarterback got away. Well, Bud, that happens to every single edge player <laughs> in the league. You, you don't get to count those. Sorry. In fact, TJ had more holds by my count than you did by a long shot that were not called. So knock it off. Um, yeah, I, that's great. Yeah, I agree with you. I, you know, I hope I hope for Bud. I really do. But I don't have a lot of confidence. I'm really sorry, Craig. I know you do. You love the guy, but we don't here. I, you know, it, it, Chris, you, you said it perfectly. If he has a big year, then he prices himself out of Pittsburgh. Okay. If he doesn't have a big year, then he's going to be gone anyway. So I, I think for all intents and purposes, he's looking at his last year uh, in the black and gold. But it, it, it's just fascinating to me when you do start talking about him. And I, I, I think it was a great move putting up those stats compared to Worlds because it, it does provide you with some perspective uh, on, on just how finicky we can be as fans that we start you know, ripping on guys and, and because they're only getting seven or eight, nine sacks. And then all of a sudden we have a first round draft pick who's getting five and a half. And it's like, well, you know, I think he is still good. He can still do this. And I, I mean, it's, it's just, it's crazy to me, but, uh, um, and I, and I would say too, with Bud and Twitter, he, he needs to get off Twitter. Um, but Bud takes that, that stuff that, a little too seriously. That wasn't Bud's Twitter account. It was somebody no, I, I in a conversation. I, I get yeah. where I know what you're referring to, and right. I, I agree with you. Bud needs to be a little more careful on Twitter, yeah. as do every Paul. single player who plays for the Steelers, in my opinion. Yep. Aside yep. from apparently Ramon Foster and Cam Hayward, but that's another conversation. Well, it, it is, but you know, I, I don't know that I've seen too many tweets from those two that I would call. Um, controversial, inappropriate, anything. I think those two do a, a really good job on their social media accounts for the most part, but you I know, agree. not, not everybody has the level of maturity of those guys. And, and, you know, you got to understand that part of it too, but um, if, I, if I could say one more thing, um, of course, please talking about Bud Dupree. Um, if week one, uh, the Steelers rolled out with TJ Watt 
and Ola Adeni over oh boy. Bud Dupree. Tell, I'm telling you that that's the that's the better of the two of the of the three there. The two the the two better are playing uh, week one against the. Well, at, at least at least as a pass rusher, I have to agree with you. I don't know how Ola is going to do as a run defender yet. Right, and and Bud is at least you know he's respectable ish as a run defender. Good work. Um, I also don't really know how Ola's going to do in coverage. We'll see, but mm-hmm. I like the the potential there from that guy. I agree with with where you're going. I like your instincts. Yeah, yeah, I agree too. I, I think, boy, what a conversation that becomes too. And uh, um, man, well, we'll just leave it at that because it'll be pretty fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so let's get to this other issue here with uh, Steelers' uh, sixth round draft pick, I believe. Uh, Sutton Smith, uh, the, the guy that, that we commonly refer to as the fire hydrant from, uh, Northern Illinois. This, this guy, uh, was kind of a pass rush specialist there. He's not real big, super quick, super fast. Uh, and, and Missy Matthews of Steelers.com, she, she put out a tweet last week with a little video of, of, uh, Sutton, uh, you know, doing some stuff, uh, in drills and whatnot. And she said, linebacker Sutton Smith in action. <laughs> Here's Sutton Smith, uh, in a three point stance behind the quarterback, uh, running kind of a wheel route, if you will, um, and catching a pass. And so it's kind of like, okay, that doesn't look like a linebacker drill to me. So what in the hell's going on? Um, they're clearly experimenting with this kid, and it's not the first time they would have done this with a former defensive player from a Mac school, uh, Rosie Nix. Same thing, um, Chris. What what do you think's going on with this guy? What is this just playtime uh, on the south side, or or are the Steelers really interested in what he could potentially do as kind of an H back? Today he took a pitch doing uh, drills against linebackers, but um. His senior year, he was the Missouri Large School Player of the Year as a senior running back, had 2,000-plus rushing yards and 32 touchdowns on offense. So um, there is some backstory to this guy that not many know about. Um, if you don't have to carry four um, four running backs and you want to put Sutton Smith back there in a, um, in a pinch um, – you know, why not trading him to do that if he can make the roster with um, multiple hats? And his number change um, went to 42, I believe. That is a offense-eligible number, I yep. believe. So there is some truth and, to, and some um, kind of backing to this, you know, oh, he's not going to play offense. I mean, you honestly – um, 2,000 yards rushing and 32 touchdowns <laughs> is nothing to uh, – Nothing I mean, to it's high school. At. It's nothing to sneeze at, though, um, right. and he's quick. We know he's quick, um, but if you don't have to carry four running backs and a guy like that can run in a pinch, uh, I don't see the harm in that. Yeah. Ben, where are you on this? Is this just them having some fun, giving somebody things to talk about, or, or is there something to it? Uh, they don't do things just to give people to t- something to talk about. I would they're, hope not. They're playing around with it, seeing what he can do, and I'm not going to speculate because yeah. – he hasn't played running back in a long, long time. Uh-huh. But, you know, clearly they see something there that they, they want to see if they can make work. Uh, I don't see Rosie Nix getting cut because of it or anything no. along those lines. No. But if it if it gives them one more puzzle piece to throw out there, to to throw something out there that might not be expected, then, yeah, you know, you roll with it. I think – you know, the expectation is that Smith will be active on game days as a special teamer mm-hmm. anyway. So mm-hmm. 
if they can find one more way where he can fit, you know, as a part of the regular units, then he can contribute more and, and it increases his value. So, you know, it's, it's a positive if it works yeah, out. Oh yeah. Uh, one thought I had with him, could you guys, and, and I, I'll, I'll throw this to Chris, can you see him as the up back, the main guy in punt formation? Why not? Uh, yeah. He's quick. Uh, he's strong. He's stout. Um, I believe that he can, um, he can, I, I don't know if he can block very well. But, That's the question. Well, That's yeah, the question. Block. But he's got the, um, he's got the body build for it. He's got the tenacity for it. He's got the defensive mindset for it. I mean, Robert Golden did it. Um, he definitely got the build for it. You know, it's just, I'd yeah. like to see him in backs on backers a couple times mm-hmm. before I say, oh yeah, this guy, he'd definitely be a good up back. Good point. Because, you know, you just, you want to see if he can, mm-hmm. that one time that somebody jumps the gap and weighs 275 pounds, can he stop the guy? Well, it, yeah, and the reason I thought of this is because, you know, none of us have much positive to say about Danny Smith, but one thing he does do is he gets a little creative on those on those fake punts, and a lot of times they do involve that up-back guy, and Ooh. when you're dealing with a guy as quick as he is and as, as strong as he is, you know, what the heck, maybe, maybe he's a guy that that you use in that position, you know? So, you know, he, he very well could be just this Jack of all trades type. Um, Mark, can that, I ask that, you, you know, did you come yeah. up with that all by yourself or did you read? I'm not asking that as anything other than, did you really come up with that by yourself or did you read that somewhere? The idea of him playing up back? Yes. Uh, no, I thought of that myself. I mean, okay. So if that gets uh, on the news or in any news articles tomorrow or the day after, we're going to know exactly <laughs> where it came from just well i'll probably put it in quick hitters tomorrow so it'll be my own fault but um no i i I just and i think we all do this guys i think what we do is we look at players and you see what the body type is and you you see what their past is like chris you mentioned he's got an unbelievable history as a high school running back and i'm sure this the steelers saw that and and had a little bit of interest in it and again i'm not i'm not trying to say that that uh, there's an equivalent there between what you do in high school and what you do in the NFL. There's no comparison. I'm just saying they look at that and they say, okay, this is what this guy has in the skill set. You throw that in with what his frame is, what his mentality is, and he just he, he seems like the perfect guy to be in that position. So, and, and Ben brought up the point that, yeah, he's probably going to be an active guy on game day because of special teams. So, hey, I'm using this guy as often as I can um and wherever i can on the field so it just seemed like a natural fit to me so that's my one good thought for the 2019 like season uh it'll it'll probably stop right there so you know yeah if you see something out there about that it's it's all me um <laughs> yeah, take all the credit like and none of the blame yeah. <laughs> <laughs> something like that anyway uh geez oh man you're uh listening to the steel city blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And um, right now, uh, as you know, eight bucks from every shirt goes to uh, a real special cause in the Pittsburgh area. And um, right now, um, the the charitable cause is the family of Dan Homich. Um, Dan was 34 years old uh, and, and died uh, recently and has left behind a, a wife and three young kids. And uh, there is a GoFundMe page set up, and that's what uh, – 
that's what uh, Dell and the guys at 26 have, have set up for this, this two week period of, of selling this Pittsburgh forever shirt. And uh, it's, it's really kind of a tragic story if you're in the Pittsburgh area and know anything about it. Um, but just, you know, consider it. And again, you're going to get an awesome shirt, a comfortable shirt, and you're going to be doing something really, really good at the same time. So, um, I, I do guys also have to mention this, uh, broke later today that the Steelers now finally have all their draft picks signed. Um, Justin Lane, the third round cornerback from Michigan state, who many people think, uh, you know, could possibly see some time this year. Um, he finally signed his deal. Ben, have you seen any of the, uh, particulars about that? No, and I've been trying to find them. I, I don't have yeah. any information on it at all. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a four-year deal, and a, it's it's slotted. So, you know, I'm guessing it's about $3.6, $3.7 million total mm-hmm. for four years. Um, but it's a guess. I mean, I, that's just based upon the fact that he's the 83rd pick, and the guy made this much last year, and then you put a percentage on top of that, and it, it falls about here. So, right. you know, anyway, I don't, I, I'm still baffled as to why it took so long to make, to get that deal signed, but Same the guys man. around him still are unsigned as well. The guys that were drafted right around him in the same round. Uh, yeah. So, so clearly there, there must've been something language related or something that they must not I, have liked. I, I, I don't know. Or, you know, it's, a lot of times uh, it's just, it's just a waiting game. It's like, let's wait and see mm-hmm. what happens. If one of these guys signs, maybe you, you know, you can get a better deal or, or more money up front, uh, you know, something, you know, but it, it's not, that's not the case. I mean, with deals right. with guys that were drafted that late, that typically is not the deal. So, um, it probably was just a, an agent trying to see if he could leverage a little more cash for his client or a little more money up front, front loading a little bit more because mm-hmm. someone in, just in front of them got a, a, you know, a slightly enhanced deal as well. That's the only thing I can speculate about. Only possibility. Um, other than that, those deals are slotted, man. It is what it is. You yeah. You get what you get. And, and isn't it fascinating that, you know, and especially for those in, uh, of the younger audience that are listening, you know, there, there was a time when, you know, draft picks in the NFL, there, there was no slotting, there was no rookie wage scale. And, and a lot of times these picks uh, would hold out well into, into training camp and, oh God, it was just a nightmare. But remember uh, Aaron Smith held out. Yeah, yeah, Almost, Aaron all Smith. the way. Yeah, he showed up right before the last preseason game, and that was because Bill Cower basically said, "Look, you better report, or you're not going to make the team." <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's I totally forgot about him. He's he's one that that you do kind of forget because you you spend so much time thinking about the yeah. upper level draft guys. He um, he was a fourth round pick, and he felt like yep. he should have been drafted a lot earlier and wanted more money. And the Steelers were like. Dude, you're a fourth round pick. Sorry, <laughs> sign this deal or forget it. <laughs> oh man, uh, one uh, one final thing here, guys, uh, before we wrap things up on the show. Uh, Chris James Conner this week said that uh, he feels like he hasn't earned anything, and you know he he knows that people are calling him the Steelers' number one running back and everything else, and. Um, 
is that just James Conner, uh, a real humble guy, or or is there something to uh, to what he's saying about about that? Uh, that's James Conner. Uh, that's his personality. He feels yeah. like nothing's giving, everything is earned. He's going to go out there every day, um, prepare like he's a starter. He's going to uh, give it his all every single day. Um, he doesn't want anyone to think that he's going to come into you know training camp or anything mm-hmm. OTAs and, and lollygag around because he's a starter. He doesn't believe that. He believes that he has to earn that right. Um, just because he had a great season last year doesn't mean uh, it's going to roll over to this year um, in his mind. So it's awesome to hear um, from his perspective. Yeah, I I tend to agree. I think that's the kind of guy he is. Um, I think he knows he's got some unfinished business too. You know, he had a few issues with fumbles last year, um, and and the ability to stay healthy. So I I think he's probably playing this the right way. Um, ben, I, the biggest I assume, issue was the haircut. Uh, well, yeah, we definitely need to work on that haircut. Holy crap! Uh, and who am I uh, to talk? You know, but, you whatever. Know, yeah. I mean, uh, the yeah. if, if he wants to cut his hair like that and he can perform at a high level like he did last <laughs> exactly. year, exactly. Fine, fine yeah. dude. Grow it out like that. In fact, you know, etch in some letters on the side. You know, <laughs> whatever. I think we're I don't all just care. jealous. Us three in the podcast are just jealous, honestly. And maybe, but I mean, it, it's a dumb haircut. But again. The results on the field. The results on the field speak for themselves. So fine. Yes. Yeah. If you want to look like Bozo the Clown, go ahead. As long as you're producing, I don't care. Uh, you're you're exactly right. And uh, before we uh, cut things off for this episode, um, we do have our own uh, uh, website store now. It's it's through some some friends at DesignTree.com, uh, and that is actually D S G N tree.com and slash steel city blitz and there's about eight different shirts up there right now you can order them kind of customize them the way you want with our logo different colors um and there's a couple of original uh one about uh devin bush there's one uh up there related to uh the prince of pittsburgh mr juju smith schuster um and we got a lot more coming we're going to put up some podcast logo themed t-shirts as well so if you're a big fan of the podcast and um, right now, I think you can get uh, five bucks off uh, your, your first order there, too. So uh, check that out in Quick Hitters. I usually put that in there and stuff there as well. Uh, Chris, any final thoughts as we wrap the show up? Yep. Got a Justin Lane article coming out tomorrow. Um, Excellent. Hyping him up. Make sure you check that out. Okay. Justin Lane article. And Ben, any final thoughts? Yeah. Quick shout out to uh, Mr. Dominic Totola, who listens to the podcast every time it's recorded, but refuses to uh, take part uh, with any interaction with us on Twitter anymore because he's kind of a jackass. Hi, Dom. <laughs> I'm, I'm just glad that, I already know. Yeah, I'm just glad Dom listens. I, I think he's the only one that does, but uh, no, I'm kidding. We have a wonderful audience, and uh, please continue to check it out at iTunes. Spreaker.com, SoundCloud, YouTube, and everything else. And and to the guy that commented on YouTube about me and Mark Barron, number 26, and that he'd had it at Tampa Bay and the Rams, I stayed corrected. It was a great point. I shouldn't have put so much emphasis on it. Who the hell cares? Just go play football and make tackles. But thank you for commenting. Uh, Anyway, for Chris and for Ben, this is Steel Dead signing off on the Steel City Blitz Steelers podcast presented by 26shirts.com slash Pittsburgh. And hey, go Steelers!